I'm Pastor Andy, if, I, if you don't know me, and uh, I am excited and thrilled with the privilege that God has given me to be in this place with you all today. I've been talking about flawed heroes through the book of Judges for the past uh, handful of weeks, and so we've, we've looked at a lot of the different judges in, in the book. Of, of judges, and um, so today may be one of the most odd judges in the book of Judges, even though we talked about Shamgar, and it literally says, like, nothing about him, um, but have you ever noticed that as a parent, you may say, be careful a lot? Anybody ever say, be careful to any, anybody who's, like, shorter? Maybe you're not a parent, and maybe, maybe you have friends that you need to remind to be careful because they're the kind of people who would jump off the roof because they think they can fly. No, 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 be careful. I believe being careful is very, very important in life, and one of uh, my, my examples of that is when we first got married, Robin and I, and um, so we just got married, and if you are a husband or, uh, you know, a boyfriend or whatever, and you could probably relate to this idea of trying to do something nice and special for your lady, right? And you're trying to do something nice and special, right? That's, and if you haven't done that recently, do something nice for her. So I'm a young guy. I don't really know what I'm doing at all, right? You know, and so uh, she was still sleeping. She was sleeping in. It was like Saturday or something like that. And it was a time uh, between when we had, so we had gotten married maybe for like six months or so, maybe eight months at this point. She was still sleeping. It was a Saturday. And I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make her breakfast in bed. Brownie points, right? That's a good one. So I, I, went, I went downstairs, and she's still sleeping. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to make waffles. So I'm, I'm, I'm putting all the ingredients in there, and I'm making these waffles. I've never made waffles before in my life. Okay. So making these waffles. And I have a recipe, and I'm following the recipe, and then I find that, that like, I'm like, okay, well, I'm mixing it up. I'm like, I don't know, this is what waffles are supposed to look like, right? You know, in the, in the mix. And so, so I pour it into the waffle maker, and, and, and then it starts cooking. I wait, and I lift it up. I'm like, well, that looks weird. So I close it. I let it, let it go longer. Look, that, that still looks really weird. I close it, and then and I keep going. And, and what I had made was this weird little rubbery flat thing. And I'm like, what happened? I followed the recipe. And, and so I'm like, I'm feeling terrible because I thought, oh, I was going to do this great thing for her. You know, like we've been married like not that long. Oh, yeah, this is awesome, right? And then, and then instead of doing something that was, I was like, oh, I love you. Oh, it's so nice. I made this weird little rubber waffle-shaped stuff. So still put it on a plate, and I was like, I don't know what's wrong with them, but you're welcome, you know. And so <laughs> I tried, does, you know, like, like trying. Does trying count? And, and so <laughs> turns out I didn't put any flour in it. <laughs> That's it. That's like the main ingredient. So if you don't put flour in it, it turns into this weird rubbery stuff, and it just kind of oozes around. Obviously, we did not eat them. But since then, I've... Uh, you know, I, it took me a while before I was willing to cook waffles again, like years, right? But now I, I make waffles at home like almost every Saturday, and I have this like 
If you know what Mario is, it's like a Mario toadstool one. It's a lot of fun. The kids love it, and so I make waffles all the time now. But it took me a while because I was worried that I was going <laughs> to do that again. And I still use a recipe right now, even though I've made waffles for the past, I don't know, three or four years, every Saturday. But I still use the recipe and look at it. Because recipes are important, being careful is important. Because if not, you're going to make something like that. So today I'm talking about Japheth, or however you pronounce his name, I'm going with Japheth. And so he's in Judges chapter 11. Judges chapter 11 is, is the story of this guy, and so he's in 10 and 11, and, and so as, as we've talked, Israel is, is falling away from God again. They're sinning, they're, they're not doing what they're supposed to do, that's what happens in Judges. Somebody take, you know, somebody kind of leads through God's help, and, and, and the people come back to God, and then that person dies, and then they fall away again, they start worshiping idols, and that's kind of what's happening here, and then there's these other two judges that are there, that it pretty much just says they were judges, and they led Israel for a while, and then there's this guy, so, so Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord again, and, and so we see that they had started worshiping idols, and, and then they cried out to God because they were in danger, and God was like, too bad, like, too bad. You wanted to worship Baal, let Baal save you. That's what God says to them, which I thought was really interesting. So that's actually chapter 10. And then eventually they're like, man, this is not working. And so they finally get rid of the idols. They kind of clean out their, their lives, clean out their, their homes. And then God starts sending someone to save them. And so Japheth is this guy, or Japhetha, is this guy who, um, he is actually a not legitimate son. And um, so he, his father slept with a prostitute, and so that's who his mom is, and so he got rejected by his brothers and, and his family as like, you're not a legitimate kid. So they send him away, and he ends up going and um, getting together with, with these like gang this like gang of bad guys, and he's hanging out with them. And this is the guy that God chooses to save Israel. Sometimes we feel like, oh, well, I don't have enough of this, or I'm not good enough. God chooses this strange, illegitimate gangster, essentially, to save Israel. So in verse 28, we see that, that, that God has called him, and, and so the people of Israel call him, and they're like, hey, you, 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 you need to help us. And so he sends a letter to the king of, um, of Ammon, and, and so he sends this letter, and he's like, hey, just leave us alone, you know, go away, leave us alone. And the king's like, nah, I'm going to attack you. So 28, the king of Ammon, however, paid no attention to the message, so the letter he sent, and then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Japheth. He crossed Gil Gilead and Manasseh, passing through Mizpah and Gileda, or, yeah, Gilead. And from there he advanced against the Ammonites. And Japheth made a vow to the Lord if you give the Ammonites into my hands, whatever comes out of the door of my house to meet me when I return in triumph from the Amorites will be the Lord's and I will sacrifice it as a burnt offering. Then Japheth went over to fight the Amorites. The Lord gave 
the Lord gave them into his hands. He delivered 20 towns from Ororo, however you guys say that guy's name, and to the victory of Minith. As far as Abel, that place, thus Israel subdued Ammon. When Japheth returned to his home in Mizpah, who should come out to meet him but his daughter, dancing to the sound of tambourines? She was only a child. Except for her, he had neither son nor daughter. When he saw her, he tore his clothes and cried out, my, Oh, my daughter, you have made me miserable and wrecked. Because I have vowed, I have made a vow to the Lord and I cannot break it. My father, she replied, you have given your word to the Lord. Do to me just as you have promised. Now the Lord had uh, avenged you for, of your enemies, the Ammonites. But grant me this one request, she said. Give me two months to roam the hills and weep with my friends because I will never marry. You may go, he said. And he let her go for two months. She and the girls went to the hill country and wept because she would never marry. After two months, she returned to her father, and he did to her as he vowed. She was a virgin. From this comes the custom, the Israelite custom, that each year young women in Israel would go out for four days to commiserate the daughter of Japhethah. Weird, weird story. Now, maybe you've heard this, this account of this judge before or not, but, but it's a very strange thing, right? This guy, he, he was not exactly the, the, the best choice to save Israel. But he was willing, and God gave him the ability to do it. And so the, so the Spirit of the Lord came on him, and then he was so excited, he was so, so overwhelmed by, by this, this concept of, oh, God's going to give me victory. And then, and then he made this vow that turned out terribly. And so it, it's, it's interesting, it says, whatever comes out of my house. And so a lot of people say, well, you know, he, there's, there's this, this concept that maybe it would have been an animal because... A lot of times they would have their animals stay with them in the house, and maybe it was maybe he thought it would be an animal, but it was their custom that the women and children would come out to greet those who won battle when they're playing the instruments like the tambourine or the trumpet. They would come saying, we're waiting, we, we, we won, we won. And so the, the women and children would come out of the house. And also that word, whatever, could be translated whoever, from the Hebrew. Because the custom of, it's very, very strange. Why did he say that? But the custom in the culture, he, Israel, he had been kicked out. But the custom in the culture of the Ammonites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, and all the other um, people of the land was to sacrifice kids. So there is a possibility he was thinking of sacrificing a person. Now, we don't know that exactly because it says whatever, but we know that he was very upset when his daughter came out, which obviously if you're sacrificing your own kid, that would be 
very upsetting. But this idea of carelessness really comes into play in this story. And I, I believe carelessness destroys, but carefulness creates. The carelessness of, of the waffles that I made and not putting flour in it made in me something that I felt, felt terrible about. I, I, I didn't want to do again because I, I was... I, I felt like, oh, no, I'm worthless, you know, and, and, it, cre- and it just destroys my confidence, destroys my, my, my joy. And with, with Japhetha, that's what happened. His carelessness to, to, to take a concept, an idea of, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this thing because I'm trying to honor God, but he didn't understand how to honor God. His carelessness destroyed his family. It destroyed In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 says, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, not be foolish, but understand what God's will is. We must be careful to understand. We must not be be the, the people who just go along with whatever because there's a there's a culture around us that's saying that. Everything is okay, this is right, that's right. But in a world where we can get stuck in that mindset of saying, well, I'm honoring God because he was, like I said, a gang member, right? A gangster. He led a bunch of, what did it call them? Like scoundrels, I believe was the word in in my Bible translated scoundrels. So he led a bunch of people. He was a thug. He was, he, he was looking at, I need to honor God. How do I do that? And misunderstanding because he had not carefully understood what God desired. It's interesting, though, because he is also listed in the New Testament as somebody who followed after God because he did. The Spirit of the Lord came on him, and he was still able to lead the people of Israel through victory but he still was careless with his words, with his attitude, with his understanding of, of God. So we cannot be unwise. We need to be careful to live as wise, not unwise, because the days are evil. Today is evil. Yesterday was evil. Tomorrow will probably be evil. If you hadn't noticed, the world is in disarray, and it has been for many, many years. Um, you know, 9-11 was terrible. I remember being a kid and, you know, like experiencing all of that. And, and, and there's so many things. The world is a dark place. But if we get swept up in the culture and say, well, this is what I understand. This is what I know. And just living in that dark place, living in that, that chaos, then we're going to find ourselves being careless instead of careful with what God has instructed and I believe the Spirit of the Lord is upon all of us who believe in Him, just like it was on Him. But just because the Spirit of the Lord is upon us or in us does not mean we can't choose to go our own way and do something so careless, so out there that, that in, 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 a, in a time where we need to be people of hope, people of love, people of, of peace, of joy, we become people of of. of hatred of condemnation of saying if you're not this if you're not that what if we loved first 
Jesus loved so many people that didn't deserve it, including me and maybe all of you, right? I, I think often of the, the, the woman caught in adultery, right? They threw Jesus, threw, threw her at Jesus and said, well, stone her, right? And he said, well, who doesn't have sin? Cast the first stone. I think of that all the time. And he says, neither do I condemn you, but go and sin no more. Sometimes we, we get so caught up in the condemning first because we, we've missed becoming like Christ in that. And, and when you read this story of, of Japhethah, I mean, that's pretty, you, you could say you would probably condemn him. He sacrificed his own daughter. But God chose to accept him because he's, his attitude and his motivation may have been okay, but his action was not okay. Often we become careless, and obviously not that careless, to say, I vow to give God in a burnt offering whoever, whatever comes out of this house. Because in reality, there were a lot of things that were not allowed to be sacrificed. So what if he had pigs that was not allowed to be sacrificed? What if he had cows that was not allowed to be sacrificed? Well, cows were, excuse me. But um, actually, it was mostly sheep, right? So there was a lot of things that we shouldn't have done and he shouldn't have done. But carelessness. What are our actions? What are our words saying about who we are and who God is, and who the church is in a time where people are nitpicking every single little word we say, we write, or pictures we post. Sometimes it's difficult. People are nitpicking or misunderstanding. We may say, hey, you know, Jesus loves you, or hey, there's a, you know, make sure that you know where you're going because hell is real. People could take that in a way that is opposite. So we need to be very, very careful with our words and our actions. I believe the Bible shows many times when, when, when the idea of carefulness builds up and carefulness creates. So the majority of the rest of the time we're going to spend on being careful. So, so this, this account of this judge, and like I said, the idea here is that flawed heroes are the judges. They were, they were men, and, men and lady who did amazing things for God. The Holy Spirit you know, came upon them and they, they, they prophesied or, or they won wars and they led the people of Israel out of their problem. And that is still happening today that, that we are lifting up and we are leading the people of God and, and people outside of the faith into the great love of Christ. But they were flawed and only Christ is the one who is not flawed. But the Bible shows a lot of, a lot of other people who, um, we, the other, a lot of, that we see that this idea of being careful creates. And the first one is even in creation. While God was creating the world, you know, we, we see the account and it, it, it explains how he was very careful and, and, and said, this is here, this is here, this is here. And when he did that, he created the beautiful world, universe, galaxy that we have. And the next is Noah. If you've, ever, if you've ever read the account of Noah, what we talk about most of the time is God said to Noah, build an ark, and then he goes and builds an ark, and then there's a flood, and they all get in the ark. But in reality, the, the, 
between the time when God says, build an ark, and when he builds the ark, there's this giant list of stuff that he had to build the ark. He had to follow it to the very detail. He had to be careful because if he didn't do it this way or didn't do it that way, there was going to be something wrong. And Elijah, when, when, he's, when he's talking or when he's competing with the prophets of Baal and, and he says, the God who calls fire from heaven is the one true real God, right? And so they're over there like, they, you know, cutting themselves and all this stuff and, and Elijah's like, maybe he's going to the bathroom. That's like the best part of that story. He's like, maybe your God's in the bathroom. And, and then so eventually it's Elijah's turn and then the first thing he does is not the water, not the cutting of the bull. He actually takes apart the altar. It's something we kind of miss a lot. He takes it apart because it was wrong. It was not done carefully and by God's design. So he took it apart, and then he put it stone by stone. He picked the proper stones, and he put the 12 stones because it had to be these size of stones, and it had to be this. And then he said, now it's glorifying God. He was careful, careful to do what God wanted, and not just like, well, uh, see, God is real, so I'll show them. No, no, no. He is real. And he is worthy to be praised, but he is righteous and he is holy. So we need to be very careful. And along those same lines, the tabernacle was built. You, you know, part of the problem with the numbers, the books of numbers and Leviticus and all those things is because of all the rules, all the, you know, this has to be this size, this has to be that thing. And, but they followed it, the letter of God, creating being careful to follow creates amazing things. And even the, the, the law or the rule around the Ark of the Covenant, when it was coming, when, when David had found the Ark and, and he was bringing it back to, to Jerusalem, they didn't know how to carry it. So they, were just, they just had it in this cart thing. And, and so if you know that the Ark of the Covenant is supposed to be on poles and priests carry it like that, and so that was how that was supposed to be done. They were careful to do that every single time, except David didn't understand. And so he's bringing it back, right? And then, and then so a guy it starts wobbling on this cart, and the guy reaches out to, to help it because he thought it was going to fall. He touched it and died. He was just being helpful, but he wasn't careful. Being careful is seen throughout the whole Bible that we need to be careful. Like in Ephesians, be very careful how you live not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of God is. We must be careful. Japhetha was not careful in his vow, in his promise, in his, in his desire to honor God. He destroyed his family. I believe that, that when we allow the culture or our, our excitement sometimes, because sometimes it can be the, the, you know, we're so excited about what we learned or what we're excited about what we see, and we see this excitement or this, this emotion coming over us. We, we say something, oh, I, I've, I've been freed from sin or I've been freed from this or that, and now I just got to tell everybody we're so excited. But in doing that, we're not careful to understand that some people are not where we are, and we just say, you have to be like me. But maybe yesterday you weren't even like you. So why should they be like you today until they experience God the way you did today? We got to be careful. Be very careful. 
that we don't destroy those around us. So how do we be careful? I, I think it's so important that, that we understand that, that he, that Japhethah, he just, just was going at it. And he was excited and he was trying to honor God, but honestly did not do the right thing. He still saved Israel and God blessed him in that. But then he came home and was like, oh no, I misunderstood what I was supposed to do. So the first thing that we must do to be careful is to be careful about what we think, right? Because pretty much everything stems from our thoughts. In Proverbs, it says, in Proverbs 4, 23, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows out of it. And then in the Good News translation, I think it is, it says, be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thinking. Everything that we do starts with our thoughts. So if we're not allowing our th thoughts to be on him, you know, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Japhethah, but he didn't understand how to think when God was speaking to him. He was just excited. And he ran after something because he was trying to honor God, but obviously did it in a way that was very, 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 very poor. Be careful how you think. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. If we are allowing the culture or, or just our emotions to influence our minds too much, we will end up not being careful. I was so excited about the waffles. Right, there's waffles. I was so excited. I was so excited. But I was so excited, I just skipped over one of the lines because it was on there. Flour was on there. I skipped over it because I was so excited and I was trying to get it done. And I was like, yeah, this is great. I was so excited and I allowed that to, in, instead of, you know, being careful, to, okay, following the pattern, his, the good, pleasing, and perfect pattern of the waffles, which God has an even, even more perfect pattern for our lives. Your thoughts. Everything stems from your thoughts. If you take your thoughts captive, then God will be able to use you for his glory for those around you. And yes, when our thoughts are in the proper place, we will be able to help others. The second one is be careful what you see. Because a lot of times the things that we see can influence our minds and our thoughts. And if we're spending so much time just looking at something and, and being consumed with it, then it's just going to get inside of us and we're going to misunderstand. Like Japhetha probably saw human sacrifices a lot. That was how God was honored. That was how God was worshipped. And so this is, he didn't understand that this was part of a wrong culture. Matthew 6, 33, or 23, 22 and 23 says, the eye is the lamp to the body. If your eye is healthy, the whole body will be healthy and full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, the whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light is within you is darkness. How great is the darkness? It's, it's amazing that, that what we see will really get into our minds. And sometimes we, 
we just get so consumed and, and just, oh, I'm focusing on this thing so much. It just gets ingrained with us and um, we get desensitized to certain things. But when your eyes are healthy, when your eyes are, are looking to God, looking to his word and, 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 and just trying to understand, you know, your, what goes into your eyes, into your mind, and your mind is being uh, transformed to his mind. And you'll be understand and perceive what God's will is. And the last thing that we can do to help us be careful is to be careful what we say or post. Kind of the same thing. Proverbs 18, 21. There is power, the, the tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. It's amazing that the things we say can influence so much. Japheth said something and it changed his whole life, changed his whole family because he said something, because his mind was not renewed. It was not conformed to the pattern of who God was and what God wanted and how God said to create and be careful to follow him. So his mind wasn't renewed and the things he was seeing were, were not of God. And because of that, his mouth spoke something that was not of God. And then because of that, his, his family was destroyed, his, his life was destroyed. But if we're careful to say things, if we're careful to, to, to think along the lines of, of have his thoughts, you know, his, and, and, and then see the things that are the problem. And maybe sometimes that means that, that we're, we're still seeing the issues around the world, but we're understanding them through his mind and through his thoughts, then we can speak life and not death into situations, helping people instead of just saying, you know, this is wrong, this is wrong, but saying, hey, here's how to be better. Because if we're not saying here's how to be better, we're just condemning those people. Just like I said with Jesus, the woman caught in adultery, he said, neither do I condemn you, but go and sin no more. I'm not saying that what you did wasn't wrong. What I'm saying is there is hope and there is love if you will accept it. There's power in what you say. And in this day and age, what you post, what you type, things like that, you know, social media is crazy. And, and if you don't use social media, awesome. I often take breaks from social media. Robin got rid of all hers and it's amazing because all that kind of stuff just gets so ingrained in us and we, we, we get so caught up in, in, in what's real, what's not. We just get emotional and a lot of times we let those emotions run wild. God is calling us to renew our minds and that means being in his word, being with his, his family and, and being built up in your faith daily. And it's not just about coming to service on Sunday or, or on Sunday night or Wednesday or whenever, whenever service might be or Bible study might be, but it's about daily seeking Him and saying, Lord, help me to understand today what you want me to understand. Because I want my thoughts to be your thoughts. I want the things that I see and perceive 
to be through the glasses of you. Because I don't, I don't wear glasses, but I know a lot of people do wear glasses. And if you take your glasses off, how easy is it to understand what you're seeing? Is it easy or is it hard? Right. Especially depending on how, how much your glasses are, right? And so if you're here and you have not renewed your mind, you might see something over there and perceive it as, oh, I see that. But in reality, you're misunderstanding all what it is. But if you ask God to be your lens, your glasses, and say, through your word, through prayer, through your spirit, through the body of Christ, how can I understand these situations, these, these, these cultures, these peoples, these, these things, in the world, how can I understand them better so that I, when, I, when I see them, I understand them and then I can speak life into the situation instead of just death because so much death is being spoken all around the world. So how do we do that? I love the, uh, the, the parable of Jesus when he says, therefore, anyone, everyone who hears the words of mine and puts them into practice, is like a wise man who builds his house on a rock. The rains came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it was on a foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rains came down, the streams rose, the winds blew against the house, and it fell with a great crash. Allowing God's word, and so that's Matthew chapter 7, right after the Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount, right? Jesus is talking about all of these things that, that we should be doing and should be longing to hope for. Maybe it's impossible, a lot of those things, but the Holy Spirit living inside of us, now that, we, now that He has died and rose again and sent the Holy Spirit to, to make us new creations, we get to have the opportunity to have a foundation on Him, but our foundation cannot be on shifting sand. And often if our, if our understanding and the way we're trying to renew our minds is only from one day a week, or only from those random scripture verse posts things or, or your, your, your daily Bible app that pops up a verse every, like, every day at noon. I get a picture. It's like, oh, today's Bible verse, right? If that's all you're renewing the mind, your mind is, you're still not going to understand and still not going to be able to see properly. Because if you have a pair of glasses with only one lens in it and that lens is from 10 years ago, how easily are you actually going to be able to see? It's still going to be very difficult, right? You might, right? But when you daily allow God to refresh you, help you, and, and lead and mold you into what he, has, what he has given you to do, Japhetha was called to do something. And I believe each one of us is called to do something. We're called to do, do something for God, and God wants to use us to minister to people and, 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 and to the world, but we must be careful because if we're not careful, we can very easily get off track. 
We can slip, we can fall. The wind and the waves will come. The amazing thing about that parable is not that, well, see, I'm on the foundation of the rock, and so now I'm good. The wind and the waves still come. And it is very clear that a lot of people have been experiencing storms. Maybe because of 2020, because of further back than that, because of viruses, because of political stuff. There's lots of storms going on. All around the world, there's you know, people who are just very anti the gospel. They're experiencing whole different storms than we are. You know, for the kids, for these boxes, I, I, I love these boxes. I love doing, doing this kind of mission work. And uh, when I was in Malawi a few years ago, we got to, to do a, uh, a school feeding program. And uh, it's, it's amazing, right? We, we just made a bunch of this big bowl of, of porridge. Um, essentially, it's like cornmeal that they just put water in. And we just fed the kids. And the joy on their faces, because that may be their only meal of the day. But the love that they understood and they experienced when we, when we said, Jesus loves you. It's amazing to see that in a culture where there's just so much going on, there's still so much need. But saying that, why don't you just get a job? Why don't you just, you know, make your own crops? Well, maybe they can't at the moment, but we can bless them and be God's hands and feet somewhere in the world. And I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful that we get to have that opportunity, like Japheth, to be called by God and the Spirit of the Lord come in us and upon us and, 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 and show us things that we are called to do, that we are going to do, but let us be careful with the words we say. So in, in the middle of that, let's not say, well, the end justified the means, but... but in the moment, you know, Jesus came to bring life and, and hope through his sacrifice on the cross and through, the, through his resurrection. But in the process, he didn't just, you know, do whatever he wanted. He understood the process was important too. The process. Renewing our minds, renewing our voices, renewing our, what we're seeing, what we're allowing into our hearts and minds. The best thing to do is to be with God's people. Spend time. And then if you're, a, if you're a parent or a grandparent, share that. Even if you're like, well, whatever, it's not that important. Is it important to the little ones? Or nieces and nephews? Is it important enough for you to, to, to pour out to someone else? And in order for you to pour out to someone else, you must be understanding what God is giving to you having your mind renewed. So Japheth is a very odd, very odd judge. I'm closing with this, so if the worship team would come up. It's very odd. But all the judges were very strange, right? We, we, we looked at many different ones who have done such strange things. Maybe they did amazing things. Maybe they followed after God. Maybe they followed after God, but also were consumed with problems. And next week, I'm not going to be here, but I'm excited for Evan to share about Samson 
And if you know him, he's another guy with a lot of problems. So God is good, and I encourage you to make sure you're here and be encouraged there too. And, but the judges are flawed heroes, just like we're flawed heroes. Jesus was the only one who was a true hero and who we can look to and allow the Holy Spirit to, to move in us and to shape us like him. We want to be growing in, our, in the image of Christ every day because we don't want to be a reflection of ourselves. We want to be a reflection of him. John the Baptist said, I must decrease. He must increase. That should be our daily desire is to decrease and have him increase in our lives, in our community, in our church, in our families, wherever we are. Help me to decrease so that he can increase. Help me to be the person who has built my foundation on rock so that when I speak to people, I know how to communicate love. Not in, the, not in the saying that, yep, whatever you do is just fine, because that's not true either. But being truthful and loving to people. <laughs> not, making, not making vows or saying things that will bring death. Because carelessness destroys, but carefulness creates. Be careful in what you're doing. Be careful in how you're leading. Be careful in your family. Be careful in your church. Be careful in your finances because we want to create heaven on earth. The kingdom of heaven coming to earth. Lord Jesus, thank you that you are the ultimate hero. Thank you that you are the one who is over all things and that we can look to you and we get to reflect your goodness, your love, your mercy, and your hope in a time of hopeless situations, in a time of, of doubt, in a time of fear, in a time of chaos. Thank you that we get to be the people who built our house on a rock. We ask, Lord, that, that you strengthen our understanding, strengthen our, our thinking, and renew our minds today, tomorrow, this week this year. Thank you that you are the one who gives us what we need. We trust you in everything. Help us to see the world as you see it. Help us to speak as you have spoken. Not in condemnation, not of fear, but of hope, love, peace, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, knowing that the fruit of the Spirit is what will change the world. Help us, Holy Spirit, to pour out your love and your goodness. That when we meet, everyone we speak to, everyone we share with, thank you for what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like prayer, I will pray with you as we close and sing.
have your way in us on our lives. Have your way. It is everything that we could ask for. Thank you, Lord, that you, when you are speaking your goodness and your mercy, I ask, Lord, that you, that you help us to, to honor you. We know it's a privilege to serve you. Jesus, we ask that you bless the, the, the boxes as they go around the world today, Lord. We ask for every kid, family who gets one, be blessed and feel your goodness and your love this, this Christmas season. Thank you that we have the opportunity to, to bless others with what we have, what, we, what we've been given. And for the offering, Lord God, thank you so much that we get to serve you in this way. Thank you that, that everything that we are, everything that we have is yours and we get to give back to you. Help us to, to steward what you have given to us well. We want to be careful to serve you with everything, including our finances. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Greet each other as you...